Good morning. We're going to be reflecting out of Psalm 139 this morning. If you'd like to turn there, we'll also have the text up later. Uh, A couple of things I'm very thankful for this morning. One is that I didn't decide to focus specifically on preaching to the youth this morning. (laughs) And uh, uh, otherwise, you know, I'm not sure what I would do. Uh, We might just have a prayer and go home. I'm also very thankful uh, for this church, and I'm very thankful for uh, people here, the ministry staff, uh, just grateful for them and their families. Uh, I'm also really thankful for a lot of volunteers here that just uh, fill in, and if you don't have those people that do all that sort of stuff, like the children's education, then those things just don't work. (laughs) They uh, They just don't roll, and it takes a lot of energy and time uh, like in the children's education program, uh, to d- devote to that and to love those children, uh, grateful for that. I'm also really grateful uh, for the people who prepare meals on Wednesday nights. And uh, if you come here, you know how really good they are. And that's, uh, that's not easy uh, to build and prepare for a bunch of people. Uh, you may know uh, there is no such thing as a magic pan uh, you may have, you know, they may advertise that on some TV where they'll give you three. No, not, not just one pan, but three, you know, magic pan. Uh, in our home, we have uh, what I call the magic pan. And the way this thing works is that my wife usually gets about five in the morning, and she cooks scrambled eggs for everyone. And then when I come in much later, uh, and there's, it's an amazing thing, there are eggs in the pan, and I call it the magic pan. And so occasionally she goes to water, uh, swim early, and she doesn't do it. And so I come up and I'm thinking, what, what's wrong with the pan? <laughs> There's some, you know, the pan didn't work this morning. And so I have to eat something else, you know, find a banana, magic banana. So my point is that there is no magic pan here on Wednesday nights. It takes volunteers to prepare that, and they do a marvelous job. And let's give them a hand for doing that. That's just (laughs) tremendous. Kind of one of those unseen things that just shows up. Uh, We've been doing a prayer series. Uh, Actually, uh, the regular ministers have been doing a prayer series. Thankful for that. Uh, and so if you came to hear one of them, then come back next week, okay? So, uh, <laughs> well, well, you, maybe you just meant come back next week. Okay, okay, got it, got it, got it. Uh, Patrick has mentioned, emphasized a couple of things that I greatly appreciate. One is that prayer is not easy. Uh, I found that true for me. That resonates with me, that prayer is not easy. I thought by now I would be this uh, incredible prayer warrior that people through, you know, I'd have a name that just people were aware of. When my name came up, they would say, well, you know how famous he is for praying. Uh, that, that's not the case. I've had a struggle with that. I go through seasons when I pray often and then seasons when it's, it's pretty inconsistent. So I'm, I'm thankfully addresses that. I'm also thankful that he has emphasized that God's character is more important than skilled communication. 
In other words, it depends upon the character and love and the grace and the mercy of God that he wants to hear from us more than my prayers are carefully constructed and well-conceived and well-said. I'm very thankful for that. And also just uh, very thankful that it doesn't, cement, uh, it doesn't depend on performance, uh, perfection, uh, rather than it doesn't per- depends more upon perfection and depends more upon faith than a formula. My two grandmothers uh, were Christians. They were just nearly pioneer women homesteading in southeastern Colorado out of Texas. And uh, they were probably not genteel type women. They were pretty uh, salty. And uh, I don't know if all their theology was really sound either. One of my grandmothers, Effie, used to say in terms of her prayers, Lord, I don't come to you very often, but when I do, I mean business. (laughs) I don't know how the Lord took that, probably well. Uh, But it reminds me that uh, I'm thankful that that's not quite the right perspective about prayer, that we ought to be ones that we don't bother God with very much until we're desperate and we can't handle it on our own. Rather, Scripture indicates that we are pulled towards God and God wants us to come near to Him to talk about everything, that God is interested in every detail of your life. And he wants you to talk to him even about the simplest things and even, hear this one, the most embarrassing things. And when you believe that, it changes how you pray. So this morning we're going to work through Psalm 139 that talks a lot about God's character and then us in relationship to it. So we'll just begin and kind of walk through it. First of all, the psalmist affirms to us that God knows everything about us. God knows all. O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit, you know when I get up. You perceive, you're aware, my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out, my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways, what I do. Even before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. That's kind of a scary thought, isn't it? I've gotten better uh, about not saying a lot of things, but I still think a lot of things that I don't want everybody to know. You hem me in, which might initially sound uh, restrictive, behind and before. You've laid your hand upon me. And yet this psalmist sees all those as wonderful things. God's protection. Not a restriction, but God's protection. That's what a hedge is. Your knowledge, such knowledge. These, when I think about these sort of things, it, it's too wonderful for me. Even when we're often singing <clears throat> and I'm paying attention to the words, I'm just thinking, that's remarkable. What we're singing, isn't it, about how great God is. It's too lofty for me to attain. It's quite remarkable to think of God knowing everything about me, every detail, every thought, every deed. 
The psalmist, though, marvels at God's knowledge. He doesn't think he, he isn't fearful. There's not anything to indicate that. He sees God's knowledge of him, of us, as a wonderful, wonderful thing. And then, God is everywhere. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I go down to the depths, the word is Sheol, which is the realm of the dead in heaven, the realm of the dead anywhere. You're, you're everywhere. You are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, that would be in the east. If I settle on the far side of the sea, so in Israel that's the west, east, west, even there your hand will guide me security. Your hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Since God is everywhere, there is no place we can go that He will not be. Just think of the worst place the place you might dread going, God would be with you there. Isn't that comforting? And then, just continues on. God is involved in every detail of our lives from beginning to end. Not in a controlling way, but He is engaged. So He begins with a beginning of our life where you are created, my inmost being. And then the language of this uh, knitting together and woven uh, is just uh, uh, imagery of God uh, being there, kind of putting us all together. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know it full well. Uh, sometimes I just marvel at uh, the way we're, they were made. Uh, I, I'm amazed at pretty simple things, I suppose. But uh, sometimes when I'm working... Uh, out in the garage or something, and I drop a, a little tiny screw or like a, a penny or something, you know. Isn't it amazing how these little things work? Aren't you amazed at that? I'm amazed easily, I guess. But, uh, I, I mean, you got the thumb, not, not five fingers, but you got the thumb and the penny, and, and then the way the blood circulates through our body, it's just, it's just remarkable. When my frame was not hidden from you, when I was made in the sacred place, there here again, I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before them, one of them came to be. So God is all-knowing. He's all-present. He's all-in with you. And this leads to this incredible exclamation of wonder. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the sands of the sea. When I am awake, I am still with you. I wake up to be with you. And so there is a tone, I think, of joy and of peace and that we should know all of these are good things from God. And then God is willing to make everything right. Now, this is a section that feels like it's a tangent and almost inserted and that I would kind of rather ignore, but it's there, so uh, I'm, I'm just determined to, to examine it. It probably could take weeks to explore this. 
But uh, we'll feel a little uncomfortable now with what he says, but uh, here we have it. If you only would slay the wicked, O God, away from me, bloodthirsty men. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and abhor those who rise up against you? I have nothing but hatred with them. I count them my enemies. So it seems like uh, now the whole tone is changed, but I think probably it's because uh, something's going on in this person's life in which there are enemies. God is for him, but there are people very opposed to him, and so he just, he just erupts in this, play, this prayer uh, for, to God. And basically, it's interesting because it seems like it's just a report to God. <laughs> like, uh, God, you know all this, you remember all this is going on and uh, line up with what I, what I need here. Uh, and there's an appeal for God to do something about it and what is going on and a reminder that uh, to God, I'm on your side. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, so please, please respond. Uh, the, this uh, type of prayer is common in the Bible. And uh, it has almost a childlike quality to it, uh, as I was thinking about it. Uh, those of you uh, who have children or, you know, in that stage of life, and you have several, and uh, one comes to you and says, Billy's doing something, would you deal with him? It almost sounds like that. It's like, my neighbors are terrible, would you handle them? <laughs> and so there is this sort of thing. The short version, the way I try and apply this, is, is in terms of when we are angry and upset. This is very important. It is okay, more than okay, not to always have nice prayers to God. I wonder sometimes if we feel like we've got to get these prayers just right, just nice. We don't want to shock God with anything. Well, that's not the way prayers are in Scripture. This person is outraged. He is angry. He wants revenge. And uh, though we need to soften that in terms of the life of Jesus or get through it, uh, still, I believe, that if you are really wrestling with some angers of issue or jealousy or envy, the best thing to do with them is talk openly and honestly with God. Because He can begin to handle them. And then when we have these thoughts that we are embarrassed about and we bring those to God, we can place them under His control. And to leave judgment with God. Because He alone is just and has all the information. And so frequently what I do, and, and you may think I'm shallow or unspiritual for this, but I'm just trying to help you in case anybody here ever gets angry. Just in case. Or any of you might get over the top angry. This is a way to deal with all that. And so what I do when I've really felt offended or hurt or mad then I pray, and I pray whatever I'm feeling until I've worn it out. And I begin to soften and say, you know, I think he's probably heard me over th three weeks, and I'll just leave it with him. And that allows me to begin to soften and extend kindness to those uh, who I'm upset with. Then finally, 
In the conclusion, we clearly see for this psalmist, God's presence and knowledge and justice are wonderful things. They're so wonderful that the psalmist asks God to enter into his life and to act. And this is a good prayer to memorize. I frequently uh, just say it. So knowing all this about God, that he knows everything, he's everywhere, he's the one that can bring about justice, he cares about you, he's made you, he knows your days. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me. Test me. I mean, that is trust. And know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So there's this appeal, appeal to, for God to search our hearts, though he knows them. You're, you're asking God to enter in. You're giving him almost permission to come, requesting him. There's appeal to God to test our innermost being, perhaps as the language may be uh, a nuance of metal being tested and, and all the, the, the stuff that doesn't belong is purified and, and taken off. There's appeal to God to reveal hurtful things in us. Uh, I think as a person grows in Christ that uh, you begin to wear of things that uh, you weren't aware of in the past. And uh, that need to change. And then there is appeal to, for God to lead us in God's ways. So there's this great comfort to know that God is present no matter where we are, right? No matter where we are. There have been times uh, when I have uh, been afraid at night. Uh, wake up in the middle of the night and I hear a noise. What is it with these furnaces anyway? It's, you know, maybe the new ones don't clank, but. Uh, there's a noise or something, and, and uh, I remember when Barbara and I first got married, we were in a training program in St. Louis, and uh, we lived in an apartment complex that was pretty run down, and, and, uh, and so there were sirens, police sirens, fire engines going all, all night long, and so uh, the, then the apartments were, you know, next to each other, and they were two level, and then the, the walls were not very thick. And then there were stairs that went up together on each side. And so our bedroom was upstairs, and so I'd hear the sirens going on. That'd wake me up, and then I'd hear somebody coming up the stairs. And I can't tell if they're coming up our stairs <laughs> or, or the neighbor's stairs. And so I'd say, just be calm, be calm, be calm. And then finally, I can't stand it. I have to go downstairs and see if anybody's down there. But then eventually praying, you know, whatever happens, God is with us here. And I could go back to sleep. So what a, what a comfort uh, to know that God is with, with us. And then over the years, I've learned what a wonderful thing that it, God knows everything about me. And he still loves me. I am, would frankly be so annoyed <laughs> and so aggravated at me, and I'm not saying he never is, I'm just saying that his love trumps that and conquers all that with me. Two things I want to leave with you this morning that I, I would really take home from all of this. You can and should learn to talk honestly with God 
about anything and everything. Don't ever think you are going to shock God or surprise God with any information you give him about yourself. It's kind of like, I, I, okay, I can't tell him that because I, I just don't want to upset the heavens. Right? I mean, what, what are the angels going to do if I said that? I mean, they're all going to uh, cardiac arrest all over heaven, right? <laughs> or, or, or if I tell God something about myself that I'm struggling with and he says, I just can't believe it. Can't believe it. Did you hear, did you hear what came in today about Bruce? Heavens are in an uproar. No, uh, and I'm still trying to learn this. Uh, and and I, I just think of, sometimes I, I wonder if I'm a bit like, not to identify God with everything I am or anything, but uh, so we've got two grandsons at home. And uh, the one is still not, he, he's in pre-K, so he's at home a lot, and then we, we are together a lot. And sometimes, this will shock you, but sometimes grandchildren do ornery things to their grandparents. Uh, most of the time it doesn't amount to much, but uh, my daughter then will ask Ben to apologize. And I, I don't know what's going on, but it seems like he's going through this fake thing of like he's terrified of me. And he doesn't want to apologize. So she picks him up, holds him, and he turns his head away from him. And I'm thinking, really? Really? And I found out this last week, finally I said, you know, uh, I just forgive you. But, you know, you still need to apologize. And so, you know, he, and I wonder if we're a little like, a bit like that. I don't know that we're we act like God is, um, you know, against us, and, and He's just wanting us to come and be honest so that we'll be healed and we'll grow. And the second thing I want you to remember this morning is that your life counts. Amen. Someone has suggested that our obsession with social media has something to do with wanting to be known and remembered. There is this assurance in this psalm that God knows every detail of your life and it matters. Whoever you are, however known or unknown you think you are, you don't have to wonder if you've posted enough information about yourself to have someone notice because God is keeping track of everything in your life. There's nothing that goes unnoticed by Him, and it is important to Him. You are significant not because of what you accomplish, but because of God has made you and knows you. That, that is uh, often, I think, in the past, I've sort of thought when God, you know, our deeds being known, <laughs> a book of them, I'm thinking, this is not good. This is not good. But God keeps track 
of everything you've done to be a blessing and help, and it will not be lost. He knows. He knows. And that ought to give us great assurance that we can talk to God about anything, and wherever our lives go, whatever we do or don't do, I want you to remember this week that the one who matters most, you matter too. And the church said, let's stand and sing together.